Good morning, everyone. And good morning to those watching online as well. I have a couple of quick announcements for you. The first announcement is we are having spring cleaning days here at the church. It's going to be Friday and Saturday of this week. So if you want to come and clean, and I'll just say, whoever's going to the youth room, bless you and good luck. So uh, we're honored that you're coming to clean Friday and Saturday this week, spring cleaning days. Um, Holy Week is going to be April 2nd through the 9th. We have a service every day here at noon. It's fantastic. And the speakers we have lined up are amazing, aren't they, Pastor Sam? And there's lunch every day afterwards up in the gathering room. So you don't want to miss our Holy Week services. Um, Palm Sunday. This is really exciting. So Palm Sunday is always one of the best Sundays of the year. But there's also a bake sale that Sunday. That is going to be April 1st. um, Sorry, April 2nd. But the UMW is having a bake sale. And the items they're making are really incredible. You buy these... And then you just put them in your freezer or something and put them out at Easter and act like you made it. It's, it's amazing. The children's egg hunt is April 8th. And ask Catherine how you can help because she's going to need lots of help. And you can donate candy and all that sort of thing. Um, and on the, the paper you got, there is a place where you can scan that QR code. It'll take you to the whole church bulletin. and You can see everything that's going on. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we are so thankful that we can come together and worship this morning. We pray that you will calm our hearts and our minds, help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand and worship with us? rise and fall kingdoms were strong now shaken we trust forever in your name the name of Jesus we trust the name of Jesus you are the only king Anchored in your name, name of Jesus. 
lift you higher You are the only King forever Already know there's no problem. 
Good morning, everybody. Y'all may be seated. Miss Catherine's going to take our kids to Children's Church, where they're going to be doing something fun. Is hey, Miss Catherine, before you go, is this Wednesday March Madness? This Wednesday, this Wednesday is March Madness. So, kids, you don't want to miss that. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what what that is, but is it going to be fun, Andy? March Madness. I I would think so too. The youth, the youth are stuffing eggs, so um, not real eggs. They're too expensive, for one thing. But um, welcome to you, and uh, welcome to you if you're worshiping by Facebook Live with us today. If you're worshiping from another state, I want to welcome you to Alabama, where we have pollen and frost on our windshield at the same time. There you go, just a little bonus for you. Um, we are glad that you're here, and uh, it is it's wonderful to be able to worship with you. Uh, we have uh, a chance for you to give us your prayer requests. We like to pray for you. You can send them to us, F-U-M-C at F-U-M-C-Gadsden.org. You can write them on a card, give them to us. You can go to our website. You can put them in the comments. We will pray for you. We'd like to celebrate with you, too. If you have an answer to prayer and, and something that you just want to celebrate, let us know about that. We love hearing about that, too. Um, there are uh, offering plates at each store, but we're going to be passing an offering around, uh, offering plate around for you. You can give online. You can download the app. There's so many different ways that you can participate. Um, will you join me as we pray together this morning? Gracious God, we do thank you for this beautiful morning. Thank you for the springtime of the year. We thank you for um, the season of Lent that we get to pause and reflect about our lives and think about what you did for us and take the steps along with you as you walk the road to Calvary. Lord, as you gave it all for us, we want to give our lives to you. We want to give our tithes and offerings. And we pray that just like everything else, Lord, you would take it and bless it and multiply it and use it for your kingdom's glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Yeah. Hey.
Thank you, praise band. I tell you, um, there'll be a lot of churches in town that sing the doxology today, but there probably won't be anybody that has a doxology like that, so, right? All right. Yeah. Yeah, these, uh, these guys and ladies in the praise band bring it to us every Sunday. We appreciate their gifts. Today we're looking at John chapter 9, verses 1 through 41. I know that sounds like a long passage, but it's, it's a long story, and it's a great story. It's the story of Jesus healing the man born blind, and it's the story about um, who's the real blind man in this story. And maybe we can see ourselves reflected in here too. Uh, John chapter 9, beginning with verse 1. As he walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's work might be revealed in him. We must do the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground, made mud with the saliva, and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. Then he went and washed and came back able to see. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying, it is he. Others were saying, no, but it's someone like him. He kept saying, I am the man. But they kept asking him, then how were your eyes opened? He answered, the man called Jesus made mud and spread it on my eyes. Then he said, go to Siloam and wash. Then I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought the Pharisees. Um, the man who had been formerly blind. Now, it, it was the Sabbath when Jesus had made mud and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees began to ask him how he had received his sight. He said to them, he put mud on my eyes, and I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees says, this man is not from God, for he does not observe the Sabbath. But others said, how can a blind man, who, how can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? And they were divided. So they said again to the blind man, What do you say about him? It was your eyes he opened. He said, He's a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, Is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but we do not know how it is that he now he sees, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He is of age. He'll speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that anyone who confessed Jesus as the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, he's of age. Ask him. So for the second time, they called the man who had been blind and said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. 
He answered, I do not know whether he is sinner. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I've already told you. and You wouldn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Then they reviled him, saying, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, Here is an astonishing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but he does listen to the one who worships him and obeys his will. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, you were born entirely in sins, and are you trying to teach us? And they drove him out. Jesus heard that they had driven him out, and when he found him, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, and who is he, sir? Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said to him, you have seen him, and the one speaking with you is he. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. Jesus said, I've come into the world for judgment so that those who do not see may see, and those who do see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard this and said to him, surely we are not blind, are we? Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would not have sinned. But now that you say we see, your sin remains. A word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So as I said before, we're going to talk about who is the real blind man here. I want to see if you can finish this, this old saying. Um, there are none so blind as those who will not see. Yeah. Have you ever run into somebody that just would not see maybe everybody else around them could see what was going on but they just could not see they just could not and we all have our blind spots and so um the, to, to have a person who is born blind is is tragic but to have two good eyes and still not be able to see maybe that's even more tragic I think this, this story in John chapter 9 reveals different kinds of blindness, different kinds of blindness that we all have sometimes. Well, there's, of course, there's the blind man himself, the physical blind man. It was a hardship. I mean, what was he going to do? About all he could do was have his friends to lead him down to the synagogue where he would sit and beg and hope that someone put something in his basket. John tells us that he was blind from birth. That's significant because um, that was the, what prompted the question that, um, that the disciples asked. That, that was something that um, is something for us to remember and just, just try to fathom what it would be like to, to never have seen your parents, to have never seen the, the faces of your families and, and your friends, to never have seen with physical eyes the beauty of creation and and the green of the grass and the blue of the sky and to have never seen that is sad but to me it's not the saddest kind of blindness in this story there's another kind of blindness that I can't 
think of anything to call it except theological blindness because his disciples, Jesus' disciples, were following along and they saw the guy. They saw the blind man and they knew him. They, they knew that he had been blind from birth. And so they, they said, um, Lord, who was it that sinned that this man was born blind? Was it, was it him or was it his parents? See, it was commonly believed in that day that, that any suffering was a result of a sin. It, and, and they were connected like that. It was firmly rooted in the Old Testament. That's just the way it was. You remember the story of Job. Job suffered terrible things in his life. And his friends came and said, Job, man, you really, what did you do? You need to repent. You must have really done something bad to make God angry enough to do all this to you. So they thought that suffering uh, it was linked to sin. And here was the problem. This man was born blind. If he had been blind later on in life, they would think, oh, he sinned and he was struck blind but he was born blind, so was it him? Did he, did he sin while he was still in his mother's womb? Did, I don't know, did he kick too hard or something like that uh, while, before he was even born? Or did his parents sin? I know it sounds funny for us to, to think that way, but that was the kind of theological blindness that they had, and that was what Jesus was fighting against. Jesus, Jesus said, look, it's, it's neither one. It's neither one. This is an opportunity for God's glory to happen. Somewhere along the line, you know, we, we still have that same old theological blindness that, that creeps into our lives where we think if, if we're really good, then, then really good things happen to us. And if something bad happens to us, whoo, we really must have made God mad. But look, that's not the way that it happens. And, and when we are at our best, we don't think that way. We know that, that bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people. And Jesus was trying to teach his disciples about this, that, that this was an opportunity for the love and the mercy of the Heavenly Father to, to be shown. That's what God is about. The grace and the mercy and the love of God so the disciples were blind to that and another kind of blindness is is what i call the blindness of the prejudice of the man's neighbors the prejudice and why do i say prejudice i say prejudice because this guy had been put into a box this is what prejudice does for us is we see someone and and we put them into a box or a cubbyhole or a category and we think it's all tied up nice and neat. He's the blind guy. You know, he doesn't even have a name in this story. He's just the blind guy. Okay, well, who's that? That's the blind guy. And, and so that's kind of what we do. Which is, who is that? Well, that's the person with a handicap. Or, or that's a, a person with, um, with a funny accent. Or that's a person with brown skin. Or this is a person LGBTQ. This is... You know, we, we put people in boxes and we think, huh, now that's settled. We got that person figured out. Not seeing that every person that we're putting in a box is a person of immeasurable value to God, created in the image of God. We can't see that. We just see the blind guy. 
and, and um, no one can see anything beyond him being just the blind guy. Even to the point that when Jesus did heal him and they, he came back as a seeing person, they didn't believe it was him. Some said, oh, well, this is him. And others said, it can't be him. It's just somebody that looks like him because he's a blind guy. We already put him in that box. We've already defined him as, as someone who's handicapped. We, we can't do that. Look, y'all, our prejudice still makes us blind today. It does in big and small ways. Um, we, we see um, a woman who's appointed to a, a high government office or a, as a CEO of some big company, and, and we maybe even unconsciously think, well, you know, we know why she got that job. We got it, she got it because she's a woman. Or we see, we see a black person who is very successful and has started a, a great business, and, and we say something, something like, Oh, well, that person's a credit to their race. Oh, listen to him. He's so articulate. Not realizing that we're putting people in boxes. We have stereotypes that we have against people. We have our blindness comes from our prejudice. Our prejudice makes us blind. And sometimes we just will not see. There's an emotional blindness. I don't know what else to call it, but an emotional blindness that the parents of the blind man have. The Pharisees asked him, hey, why is this your son? How did he go from being blind to, to seeing? And they said, hey, look, he's a grown-up. You just need to ask him for yourselves, And which on the surface sounds okay. It's like he's a grown man. Let him answer for himself. But Really, the heart of it, John tells us, kind of as an editorial there, just a little, little footnotes there, that the reason that they said it was because they were so afraid of their standing in the community. They were so afraid of being kicked out of the synagogue that they didn't want to risk that. Instead of rejoicing that their son could see now, they said, oh, I don't know, you know, you better ask him. They were blinded to the wrong priorities that they had. There are things that happen in our lives that make us emotionally blind. We get caught up in the cares and concerns of, I don't know, making a living or building a reputation or getting whatever power and security that we want, and we can't see anybody but ourselves. Emotional blindness. But the most I guess deadly and dangerous blindness, the most fatal blindness is the spiritual blindness of the Pharisees. Jesus had become a threat to them because he was challenging the way things have always been done. He was stirring up controversy. He was saying things that were shocking to them. And when they became threatened, they started showing the symptoms of spiritual blindness. Here is the first symptom they displayed of spiritual blindness. Nitpicking. Nitpicking. Because it was on the Sabbath that Jesus healed the blind man. 
And the fact that he spit on the ground and made a little mud pies. Kids, don't try this at home, by the way. I don't want y'all going home and acting out the story that Pastor Sam read and putting mud in. Here's mud in your eye. Um, but when Jesus spit on the ground and made the little mud pie for the man's eyes, he was actually doing work on the Sabbath, you see. And you say, oh my goodness, that is splitting hairs. That's just so missing the point. The point is this guy was blind and now he could see. But no, not to them. Not to them because broken rules were more important than broken people to them. Spiritual blindness. So sometimes we, we kind of get nitpicky over things too, right? Don't we? And we have little things and we think that maybe our hurt feelings are more important. Or maybe, or maybe the way things we've always done that is, is more important. And we're not able to even look and see the miraculous hand of God doing things just because it's different. It's because it's out of the ordinary. Sherlock Holmes once said to Dr. Watson, you see, but you do not observe. That's spiritual blindness. Not being able to see because of the hardness of our hearts. I want us to see ourselves in this story. Because when I say who is the blind man, I think the blind man represents all of us. Because we all have blind spots, don't we? Everybody have a blind spot? If you're not raising your hand, that means you have a double blind spot. You know, we, we all, look, we all have a blind spot. And, and what can help us through our lives with our blind spots uh, is a couple of things. One is to pray like David prayed. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there's any wicked way inside of me. See, tell me what my blind spots are. Open my eyes, Lord, that I might see what I don't see. Another thing is to have a community around you of people that are honest with you. And I'm not, I'm not talking about the way we are to each other sometimes in the South where we just think being sweet is more important than telling somebody the truth. It's like, well, you know, your, your new hairdo doesn't look that bad. But, I mean, we, we, need, we need to get some Yankees in our lives, Pastor Andy, that'll just tell you. Just, just be blunt, you know. Or you need to have a spouse like mine that just tells, tells me like it is. She does not pull any punches. And that's what I need. And that's what you need. But we all have blind spots. The disciples looked at this blind man and said, this is a chance for us to have a theological discussion about who sinned. The blind man's parents looked at their son and said, we really don't want to get involved. The blind man's neighbors looked at the man and said, this has got to be some mistake. And the Pharisees looked at him and said, if Jesus is being called the Messiah, that's a threat to us. But our blind spots, are we emotionally blind or, or blinded by prejudice or blinded 
theologically. We just can't think outside the box. Maybe, maybe that's why the blind guy doesn't have a name. Maybe it's because we are him, all of us. The greatest thing that we can ever do in our lives is to allow God and God's mercy to anoint our eyes, our blind spots, our blind emotions, our blind minds, our blind hearts, so that maybe we can say the greatest thing that anybody could ever say. The words that were said by this blind beggar, I once was blind, but now I see. Let us pray. Lord, um, help us to know that we don't always know. <laughs> help us to see that we have our blind spots. We do. Send us people, send us friends that will just be honest with us. And help us, Lord. Help us to take that step of faith that will allow you to touch our blind eyes. And then once we can see, to walk in the way that you would have us walk. Open our eyes, Lord, that we might see the glimpses of truth that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand and sing?
we have our benediction I'm going to remind you that those of you who are here in in um, the sanctuary with me stick around and go and have some coffee out at Hebrews but on your way to Sunday school class I'm glad that you I'm glad that you're here this morning can we sing our benediction today will that be all right somebody nod your head It'll tell me it's okay all right amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, blood now. 